Welcome back to the Nest College Football Podcast. My name is Chris. Tony. And this is episode 12. We are kicking off. No ad. We're going National Landscape, Temple Talk, SEMO Talk. But first, let's hit it with the theme song. Here we go. Big, big weekend we had. My voice is a little bit gone. And I was recording a little late on Sunday. But uh, first we'll kick it off. I went to game day uh, for Ohio State. Was invited to a tailgate. And big, big tailgate uh, in this parking lot called right next to Harrison, which is like a big apartment complex here. When I say big tailgate, uh, I was also the youngest person there by five years. And then before that, 10 years. And then for that, like 20 years. And they had alcohol, food, a big bus. I was freezing. I thought, I was like, ah, 33 degrees. It'll go up to 40. I'll be able to wear, uh, I don't need a hat, right? I'll wear some thin gloves, a sweatshirt, and uh, and a jersey over the sweatshirt. An idiot, yeah. idiot I was. Had to come back, get the hat. Um, feet were numb the whole time. My buddy Wes gave me my gave me his jacket. It was a, a mess. Then get a load of this. Half the people at the tailgate. Once the game kicks off, they go in. I go to. We all stay and watch the game. A bunch of us stay and watch the game at the tailgate on the TV. Right big TV there and food and everything and a lot of people stay a lot of people go in but um, my phone was dead and it's first quarter 21 nothing and I go to I see there's a phone charger at the power strip where the dish network cable box is plugged in and I go to gently pick up the power strip because I don't want to touch the top of it because that's where the switch is Last thing I want to do is turn this thing off. Everyone hates me, right? Yeah. I go to pick up the power strip. The su- the button's on the side. My finger pushes in, clicks it, shuts everything down. Middle of the game. Everyone wanted to murder me. Not kidding. This woman who like whose husband runs the tailgate and all like the gu- the men that were run it, they were in the game. She she gets F your phone. Get the F away. Get out of here. Hated me. Turn the thing on. I don't have a cable box, so I haven't dealt with a cable box in years. But boots up. takes it's, It has to start running and scanning. It's on a flick back on. Game's back on. This is a five to ten minute ordeal getting the thing back on. And everyone's thinking, all the old people are like, look it up on YouTube. Look it up on your phone, Chris. I'm like, my phone's dead. That was how this all started. And uh, they were like, it's never going to turn on. Do we have to scan? I'm like, yes, you have to go through all of it. Like, that's how it came about. They couldn't understand the technology. It finally turned back on, and they were still winning to like 28 nothing. But it, I was I was on walking on eggshells for the remainder of this of this tailgate I was at. Next thing you know... There's a there's a big like propane like fire like thing to heater. I'm standing near it and this girl like blows past me and 
almost knocks the thing over and burns the place down. Some other woman I was talking to saves it, catches it. And the lady who owns the tailgate, she looks and sees I'm the closest person standing to this propane tank and goes, are you kidding me? Did you almost burn this place down? Thinking it was me. And it was, yeah, it was a mess. They Any little thing that went wrong, I was the guy that got blamed. And I, t- I took responsibility for it all, even though none of it was me, except for accidentally hitting the switch. I did get my phone charged, got it back on, and uh, and ended up not going back home until till the end of the evening. So I, it was an interesting tailgate, to say the least. Uh, good win by Ohio State, big win, uh, seventy to seventy something to four, seventy eight to fourteen, I think it was. Um, but we then once it got out of hand. We didn't even watch the Ohio State game. We watched all the Penn State game, and we could transition into that. So, what's yeah. your what's your thoughts on that? On that uh, big? I love how it came down to the end. Love how it came down to the end, and it wasn't a uh, it wasn't your classic run the ball, punt the ball, run the ball, kick the ball. So. Let me it was. I mean, I, I thought it should have been. I think we talked about this last week. That's why it should have been a prime time game, but. It was on 11 a.m. mixed with some other games, and um, I mean, we talked about it. I, I two good stories. I like Baylor and Minnesota. They both won, and both are playing for um, some big stakes here in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, huge win, and for Mid- uh, for Penn State, I mean, you, you get the four spot in the playoffs, and, and you got to face a tough team on the road, and just like that, you're you know, you're boom, you're, you're knocked out. Yeah, just I mean, just it happens like that. It's college football, so yeah, it's you know, a bummer. Props to Minnesota; they got plenty of momentum, and um, you know they they'll have tests ahead. And Penn State's not over yet, but yeah, they you know, could. They're, they're coming to Columbus soon, so they yeah, in two weeks they're here, and they could they could beat Ohio State, and they're right back in. It. Um, but I mean, I was hoping that Penn State would win, and. People that root in Columbus, Ohio State fans, are the worst in the, who they root for. That's not their team. Very weird who they root for. They were rooting for Minnesota all game, which I don't get why. I was like, root for Penn State. It's a better game when Penn State comes, right? You get ESPN College Game Day, shows off your city, shows off your campus, and then you beat them at there. Like, why? They were rooting for Minnesota, and then after I like literally shut up and explained to everyone I was around, and like, okay, yeah, let's root for Penn State. So I mean, it was a close game to the end, and uh, great win by Minnesota. They're now ranked seven in the AP poll. Yeah, and probably uh, what fifteenth in the playoff rankings when they come out. You think? You think no, so? No, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> I hope. Uh, I hope they. Uh, I they're in. They're top 10. I think they're in. I think they're right around there. Top, top seven. I think they should be, be. I think they will be above Oregon, right around six. I think. I, I um, hope. They, I hope you don't disrespect them, but I, I mean, don't they, think they bump above Georgia, and I think Alabama. I will move into that Alabama LSU game. We now have a clear number one in the coaches AP poll. Fifty four first place votes for LSU. Fifty five for LSU in the coaches AP. And Ohio State's number two in both. And then Clemson, then Alabama. They're all synced up. 
in the top seven are all synced up in the AP coaches poll, which it looked nothing like that for the first 11 weeks. And now there's a consistency between both. But I don't think college football playoff rankings will be anything close to that because they have different criteria that they care about as much. Um, But LSU-Alabama game, again, it was was what I called if, if – excuse me. If Alabama was going to take the loss, this is how they had to take it. A five-point loss in the last minutes or in overtime. And, I mean... I mean, I mean, I, I mean, it depends how you look at the game. I mean, at one point it was 33-13. to 13. Yes, but Alabama came back. And right, when, and right when LSU, they, they... I was out sitting around people and they were like, that's the game, it's over. And I was like, it a good old Yogi Berra quote. It ain't over till it's over. And it wasn't. Ten seconds later, first play after Alabama gets the ball back, boom. Like 75-yard touchdown. And they're right back in it. Onside kick. I thought it would tip off his hands, LSU player hands, and they recovered it. Boom, bang, boom. Get the first down. Game's over. So a great win by LSU. Joey Burrow, Joey Heisman's. Is a big, big, uh, big win for him. Um, yeah, huge, huge statement for him, and uh, you know, it was unique to see two versus Burroughs because Burroughs has shot up in the draft stock, and um, you know, he looked great. And it's almost, you know, the scouts are talking. You know, it's almost um, if two, if you get the second pick, you know, you, you still get a great prize. Either, either no, I, I, that's what that's been the joke. Kind of was like now, like on the signs, we're tanking for Tua, and they crossed it out and wrote Burrow on the side. Yeah. Get, people are now switching their mind, and they want to tank for Burrow. I think Tua is still going to be the number one pick. I don't think it's going to be Burrow. I think Burrow is going to be probably number two, but uh, yeah, it's going to be one of our. It's going to be the classic debate that we we haven't had for a one-two quarterback punch. Like yes. the RG three luck, it's gonna be a the the next best. Is it that or is it gonna be Chase Young? We, well, Chase Young. We could get into that talk. conversation. Chase Young, number one player in the country right now, beside outside of the quarterback and uh, defensive player for the Ohio State Buckeyes, took money from a boot. Uh, not a booster at the time, but took money from a family friend as a loan uh, to purchase tickets for his girlfriend at the time to go to the Rose Bowl. And he paid it all back. And now I got inside scoop from this. I asked around to people who are who are boosters for the Iowa State program. Found out uh, she's actually blackmailing him. The girlfriend. Yeah. Not his girlfriend anymore. Was his girlfriend, and said, "If you don't pay me right now, I will go to the NCAA and say and come public out and say you paid for my ticket to the Rose Bowl. I want some cash." So, what did Chase Young do? He went to Ryan Day and said, "Hey, coach, listen, I messed up. I took money, bought tickets for my girlfriend to go to the Rose Bowl. She's now blackmailing me." Uh, I paid it all back, yada, 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 boom, go to compliance, let it out, same day as the Memphis one, which is crazy that 
the number one player in football, number one player in basketball, same day, both taking money for violations. Um, kind of ironic headlines. Within two weeks after the pay for play for your likeness, sorry, not pay for play, your likeness comes out that you will be able to make money off it in a couple of years. But uh, interesting move. What's your thoughts on the Chase Young suspension situation? I saw Herb Street said he expects it to be a four-game suspension. I think Monday they'll make an announcement. The weekend, I don't think the NCAA is going to make an announcement. But Monday, I think they'll announce he is a four-game suspension. Our Ohio State has already appealed it. And usually when you appeal it, you'll at least get one game off, if not two. So the question is, is it just the Maryland game and Rutgers game, or is it going to be for Penn State as well? It we're expected of him to be back for Michigan, which would be the fourth game. Third game is the big question. Is it two or three game suspension with Penn State? That's, I think, the big, big question there. What's your thoughts? My thoughts, um, you, mean, you laid it out perfectly. I'm going off what Kirk uh, Herbstreet said. Um, Four-game suspension, appeal. And because the NCAA wants uh, as much money they can get from their own kids they can't pay, uh, he'll be eligible to play against Penn State just because... You think they'll have him for Penn State? Definitely. You, you can't not have him. I mean, um, what a convenient he, time to come out with the suspension as Maryland Rutgers come in. Yeah, I, it's just the NCAA is going to it's gonna be two games. He served one already, and then the second one will be Rutgers. If you're Ohio State, and even if you're Chase Young, deep down we saw the, the Bosa twins maybe do this. It's not the worst thing to take a couple games off. Yeah, because right? um, you you're gonna make a lot of money here next year uh, playing for whoever, and um, it's not the worst thing in the world for Ohio State and Chase Young to have a little break against these teams that they could beat up with their um, their depth, their five star recruit depth, um, and just enroll teams. But he'll be back. I feel just like you said in Kirk Herb Street, uh, four games appealed down to two, and then he'll be rocking and rolling versus Penn State. Agreed. I think um, since it was self-reported, I, I think four would be a little harsh if they don't reduce it to two. Um, I hope they do. It'll be uh, yeah, they'll at least reduced to three, but I think the two makes sense. You'd hope NCAA would want it to be primetime matchup, Penn State, Ohio State. Get him back. He reported it himself. They self-reported it. Yes, it was years later, and he was being blackmailed, which is very illegal. Um, so... It'll be uh, interesting to see. Uh, moving on to Deion Sanders potentially as a Florida State candidate. Name isn't in the pot. A lot of names in the pot. Have you uh, thought about that? And also another job that opened up. We could talk about candidates for both. Arkansas job just opened up. Head coach Morris fired after 4-18 and start. Kind of saw this coming after like week two of Arkansas this year. But two biggest jobs now. Florida State and Arkansas job opened up. Where, uh, what other potential candidates do you do you think are out there? I have a list right now. Only ESPN Plus, and this is not a plug for them. Exclusive article of the potential candidates for the Florida State job, which I think you can also mix in for the Arkansas job a little bit. Nowhere near as the headlining type of wow factor as Florida State, but still an SEC job. Yeah, I mean, that's on Dion, prime time. Dion, I mean, it's a splash hire. Is it, is it the best hire? I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. there's a lot. Of, uh, he's, I mean, he's got a, 
high school quarterback, high school. Uh, he's a high school coach for years, right yeah, now. Did you, hear, did you hear? Did you hear his resume though? He was hired, fired, rehired, fired. At the same high school. At the same high school, yeah. Uh, well, I, uh he also coached his son. So. I mean, Bob Stoops is a guy, but I heard that uh, he's probably going to decline. They'll have to really, really convince him and pay up. Um, yeah. I, I, I it, you know, there's plenty of Florida State alum that you know are retired, and uh, I'll run through. I'll run through the list. You tell me your initial reaction. Uh, right. Super short initial reaction of each name. Yeah. Minnesota coach PJ Fleck. No, not right now. He just signed an extension. So okay. No. Memphis coach Mike Norville, 38 years we, old. We, we brought him up last. You podcast. did. That's all Possibility. you. Possibility. Okay. You like that name. Clemson D coordinator Brent Venables. Love it. I have, if they could get him, they get him. Gotcha. Washington coach, Washington State coach Mike Leach. Um, I, I like him in Washington State. He, he's too, he's too unique for Florida State. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fit that would be odd, but it it may work. You know what I mean? I like him. He's Cougar. He's got Cougar written all over him. Yeah. Kentucky coach Mark Stoops. This is the name I've heard a lot about. Mark Stoops um, could could be a right fit. Turned SEC team around. Make the next jump. A lower SEC team to the uh, Florida State. I'm not so sure about him. He's struggled with some head coaching jobs. And now he can recruit a little bit of talent. He's recruited well at Kentucky, which is you know a, a basketball school, but... He was the D coordinator under Jimbo Fisher from 2010 to 2012. Yeah. So there is history there. I mean, he's got a resume. I'm not sure if he's your best hire, though. Here we go. Oregon coach Mario Cristobal higher than Oregon coach again, which I don't don't ever see them doing that back-to-back. It's not a – they won't do it. 100% I think this is the the least likely name on this list. Administrators – even though it's a different athletic director that it was, so the guy who just fired Willie didn't hire Willie, so he was coaching for his job. But um, rarely do administrations will they the administrations will want to make a a one eighty hire from their last hire. So they just hired a guy from Oregon. They're not gonna go hire the next guy from Oregon. They're gonna go nowhere near Oregon at all, no uh, matter what. Yeah, I'm surprised. Is Lane Kiffin on there? Uh, we're going through Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops. Straight out of XFL. Coached there in Florida at, under Steve Sperrier, but And they wouldn't have to have a buyout. So they could throw a little more at him than you yeah, would think. I mean, you got to get the money right and you got to convince them to come out of retirement. Yeah, it's a sexy hire. He's yeah. young, too. He's only 59. Yeah. Clemson offensive coordinator Tony Elliott. Uh, I prefer the defensive coordinator more, but uh, I mean, the Clemson. Coaching tree is pretty damn good. So yeah, speaking of the Clemson coaching tree, next guy, next guy is Clemson conference coordinator Jeff Scott, youngest of the Clemson coordinators, thirty-eight years old, not a direct play caller. Uh, I think he's a little young. I don't think they would do it. Yeah. Next, Notre Dame coach Brian Kelly. Uh, if they could learn out, I mean, that Dame would be a that would be the big the big jump that we were talking about, like a Lincoln Riley. I said that. Would if they were to leave Oklahoma to to get to leave Notre Dame and go to Florida State, big rivalry too. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised though. I mean, he's got a lot of pressure on at Notre Dame, and 
I heard a lot of rumblings there with like he's a good coach, but he's not Notre he's Dame. Not, yeah, he's not Notre Dame national championship yet in the past years, and it's 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 uh it'll be interesting. Virginia Tech coach Justin Fuente. He's got a, he was a Memphis guy um, a couple years ago. He had passed that Paxton Lynch team, I believe. Gotcha. Um, he was on their list apparently last time when Taggart got the job. He was a candidate, so it'll be interesting. He's only forty three. That's the list they didn't li- add in. Um, Lincoln Riley, like I said, what was the name you just said to? Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. No Lane Kiffin on the list, which was interesting. They didn't mention his name. Other other debates I saw. Another name that's been tossed around a lot. Urban Meyer. Urban, yeah. I, I but. I, I think don't. Urban only comes back to something that's more structured, I like a USC States. or a Notre Dame. I think. Yeah, Notre Dame opened up. I, you know, I can see him taking that. But Urban Meyer, I don't think he's looking for a whole rebuild. No, actually, inside scoop, uh, he is booked out until mid December. He is going to be the guest judge for the Ohio State women's inner squad in gotcha. the Scarlet and Gray. So he's going to be holding up emojis as a judge. So he can't he can't leave for a coaching job in December. Uh, he's already he's got some plans set. He's coaching yeah. a gymnastics meet. Uh, he's sorry. He's judging a gymnastics meet. So he will not be going to Florida State. Is my prediction. Too busy. Yeah. Too busy. It'll be interesting. We'll move on to the games of the week. You got number twenty four Navy at number fifteen Notre Dame. Number nineteen Wake Forest at number five Clemson. These rankings are last week's college football playoff rankings because they don't come out till Tuesday. Every week, so number six UGA against at number eleven Auburn, big game. Number seventeen Minnesota at number eighteen Iowa, which Minnesota is now top top ten. Number seven Minnesota. We think. We think. Yeah. Number nine OU against at number twelve Baylor, big games. Five five ranked matchups. Haven't had this many in a long time. I my two biggest. Are gonna be, which I think will have the the most implications, is the Georgia Auburn game and the Baylor Oklahoma game. Yes, um, I I mean hundred percent agree uh, with that. I think Minnesota takes care of business. I think Clemson takes care takes care of business. Baylor's still um, undefeated, only ranked number twelfth in the AP poll. Yeah, I you know Baylor wins that game. Basically, uh, it's a... They won a game this weekend, and they dropped in the rankings a spot. Yeah, I mean, the the TCU game, that was a tough game. And, um, you know, Oklahoma had a tough game against an Iowa State team, too. Yeah. Uh, But that game, basically, this is for the Big 12. Think about this. If OU loses, and and then Kansas State continues to win, I know they lost. It'd be Baylor-Kansas State, you think? It could be, I mean... I think it would just. I I think it would be a rematch, Oklahoma Baylor. It could be, but depending on how you finish the season or how Baylor finishes the season, yeah, that either these, these these one of these teams could miss the Big Twelve championship. They don't have divisions. It's the outright two top in the in the yeah outright two top. In the I think I think if whoever wins this game, if both these teams just went out, they'll have a rematch. From what my prediction is. For this for this game, so it's I think this is we're looking at our Big Twelve Championship preview, and a lot of talent in that game. Minnesota Iowa, that's going to be a run the ball, punt the ball, run the ball, punt the ball kind of thing. 
Um, but a big, another big test for Minnesota. This is where they start jumping in the rankings. They win this game against a ranked Iowa team. They are in the top five. Really? Yes. I think even potentially sniffing out Alabama for the number four spot. I, I mean, I, I like I like the way you're thinking, um, but uh, I wish I wish it would happen that way. I'm not, I hope Alabama only plays Mississippi State, so if Minnesota beats a ranked Iowa team, I think Minnesota jumps into that number four spot. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not sure if they do. I think there's a lot of respect for Alabama, and the only loss we had was to be the you know number one overall team, but. Yeah, but I mean, Minnesota's done their job every week, and they've 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 done what they've been asked to do. Is you had a crummy schedule, just like Alabama has a crummy schedule, right? Then when it came time to play a top five, top four team in the country, Penn State, you went out and beat them. Then you're going to Iowa, or play a ranked Iowa. Now you have your big big games are here at the end of the season where it matters the most. You come out and beat Iowa. I think you get top four. I'm saying it now. You go beat Iowa, you're in the top four. I, I wish it was that way, but we're talking, you, you got names like Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, the um, Oregon, Utah, and then you got Minnesota. I love Minnesota. And you, it's, I, it doesn't have the flash. You don't like no, it. I can and, tell. And, and I'm not, I, I disagree with you, but I want to agree with you. That makes any sense. Yeah, I think this is going to be a hot topic. We got a pin. For next yep. Tuesday and see what it's like uh, if if Minnesota wins this game. Another big game is the Wake Forest at at number five Clemson. Well, this is Clemson's biggest test of the regular season. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what do you think Clemson, happens? If I think Clemson takes care of business, but if that's that's something like if Clemson were to go down at home against Wake Forest, then you start to see a now it's a that's a big shuffle. The Alabama's back in. Yeah. Georgia's back oh. in. Minnesota's in the top four easily then if they win out. Now we're talking Baylor in there. If they yeah. win, it, it becomes – it gets all scuttled up. If Clemson loses, mayhem, which gotta, we all love mayhem. We do. And, and I mean, you can't forget about the Pac-12. I mean, the Pac-12 is going to be there. Depending on what the Big 12 is, I mean um, – Minnesota, as long as they keep winning, they're, they're going to be in. I just don't think that leap's going to be in the next couple weeks. I feel like they have to. You think they need more? Them. They need more. They need to prove more than just the two the two wins back to back. I think so, yeah, and that, because the reason why I say that, and I, I like I agree with what you're saying. They're doing what the committee wants has them to do, about, but because they're ranked 17 after the Wisconsin. If so, they have Iowa number 18. North, uh, I keep I want to say Northwestern Mutual, Northwestern, and then Wisconsin. You're saying if they beat Wisconsin, or do you think after Northwestern they can get in to top four? Uh, well, like you said, we'll have to see where they start on Tuesday. Um, obviously, the the game this week is in Iowa, which they're a good team. Northwestern won't do much for the the scale. Minnesota but, has the currently the fourth ranked strength of record. I, I I know, but they were placed at 17th last week, and, and, and I know that was before Penn State. But um, we're going to see how much respect they get after that. If they get 
if they're top ten, then and then they beat Iowa, then we can talk. I still don't think they're in top four though. Get a load of this. So here's a nice little from ESPN Analytics Department. 2019 strength of record rankings. Here's the top. I'll read the top eight, okay? In this order. LSU, Ohio State, Baylor, Minnesota, Clemson, Penn State, Auburn, then Oregon. Okay, Alabama's not even close in there. Now, of the next to that has the records, okay? And then has the percentage chance that a team would go undefeated at that rank, at the, with that schedule that team has. LSU, number one ranked strength of schedule, strength of record, 9-0. chance for their for a team to go 9-0 with their schedule, which is crazy. LSU is clear number one. Ohio State's clear number two in the regular rankings. We'll see what they say on Tuesday. We're going to not do a bonus episode this week. Maybe we'll do another one in a couple weeks to like gather in the – before the bay of the bowl mania, and then we'll probably do the the final one, uh, for bowl mania. Um, but before before we niche this in the butt, I love the analytics there. Um, if going off what you're talk, saying, how much there's disrespect for Baylor then too? Because if they're third on that list, yeah, to be twelve and zero, to be number twelve at nine and zero is, and they'd lose a spot by the AP poll. We'll see. I I think Baylor's gonna bump up. More than they are in the AP poll. Minnesota, I think they go above Oregon. Georgia stays at five, but I think Minnesota goes six. I we saw what what they had last week. They care more about those. They care a lot about those big wins. So I think it'll be interesting. Upset of the week. Give me your upset of the week. Auburn, baby. Auburn um, making things messy for the whole. Wow. Beating Georgia. Wow, I got number 24, Navy, at Notre Dame. I think big win for Navy. Brian Kelly may be out the door with this loss, and uh, I think Navy beats Notre Dame. That's my upset. I'd pick that. Stay, stay tuned. Also, of course, I got to throw my Jayhawks. They beat Oklahoma State. That's what I thought your upset was going to be. Number 23, Oklahoma State, going down to KU and Les Miles. We're doing a, I, got, I had a hot take. I want Georgia to be a little mixed up. Um, also, you know, I, I'm watching the game. I got five quarterbacks I'm keeping my eye on for my, my Dolphins who have decided to win two games in a row. Wow, look at that. I know. Make, make now the Jets get the number one pick probably. Or uh, the Bengals. The Jets won the Bengals and the Redskins. Are the, are the, uh, the vine off for the, the top spot. Yes. So, the Dolphins uh, are so bad they can't even tank correctly. You know, I, I, you know, everyone says they're tanking and they're selling players off. I think part of that was true, and part of it was a total culture switch. And they had to clear out some of the talent, and in exchange, they got picks. And yeah, I could go on and on about this, but uh, they have to get a, a quarterback of some sort. And obviously, there's plenty of names out there this year. So it's whoever they value the most. So. It'll be interesting to see because we thought it was the battle for Tua, which I still think it is, but it may be a battle for Chase Young and Tua and Joey Burrow are two and three, and Chase Young is one. And I don't think this two-game suspension affects Chase Young's Heisman. I think he comes back, and if he tears it up in his game back against Penn State, he could be a Heisman favorite. Just like Ndamukong Zoo should have won the Heisman 
that year that he was in it. Anytime there's like a uh, a defensive player in the top three, there's a really good chance they should be winning it. And if they come top two, it's because the committee has too many people on it and too many people who just don't watch football enough. And they just go for the flashy names as quarterbacks or running backs. So if Chase Young's in there, he probably should be winning that, that trophy. But we'll switch into Temple Talk. With a big win Thursday evening. Huge win. Good defense by the Temple Owls in a 17-7 win over the University of South Florida. A shutout in the first half by the Owls. And then a consistent 7-7. Two two touchdowns um, in the second and third. And then a field goal in the fourth quarter. No touchdowns by Russo. One interception. 164 yards. Big game for Gardner. Big game for Blue. At, uh, at wide receiver, 121 yards for Blue. Gardner, 133 yards. And... Uh, our guy Todd Todd Centennio threw a touchdown, a one yard touchdown in the end, uh, right right now at the end zone, and uh, I believe we had a defensive touchdown as well. Um, if I'm not if I'm not uh, wrong about that, but big game, good good offense showing out by by some two flashy stars. Great showing for Thursday night football on the college slate, and it, it was it was great. It was great for the exposure, sitting at six and three, and um, I don't know if you got to watch the game much on on that Thursday night. What's your thoughts on the game? I got a few notes from the game. I'll be honest with you, I, I saw the last three minutes of the game, but gotcha. I will, Which uh, I will, it's all good because you're covering a lot of SEMO this week. I'm covering a lot of the Temple this well, week because I watched the all the big, Temple. I didn't get to watch big, any of the SEMO. So the big news is um, UCF losing to Tulsa. Yes, yes. So, we'll get into the conf- a, a American Conference talk in a minute. But some notes added from the game. Pat McAfee, amazing. He used to work for Barstool, and now he works as The Zone with his podcast. He also does um, college game day sometimes. He calls Thursday night games on ESPN. He is electric. He is a great announcer. It's, it's one of those guys that... Um, you would see like like you would see videos of on on the internet of like um, one of those like fake announcers that would say ridiculous things. But Pat McAfee is the real one that we've always wished that we had an announcer that would just say just like fun things and just be like out there. And he is, which is awesome. I think it was great announcing, great to be on on that game. He also is going to be calling the XFL. He's a new new deal he has with the XFL. He has, he said, uh, breaking news on his Twitter, he said, unparalleled access, field access. He said he will be in the huddle on the game, at the game. He'll be, somebody, the guy throws an interception, he'll be there right on the sideline. He may be even calling a play. He may be, the ref throws a head coach out, he'll be there in the face. Sounds insane. XFL, which we may see a transition to the NFL. Which would be wild. That's what the XFL has done. Changed the NFL a ton. But 
Great by Pat McAfee. A little tangent by me for Pat McAfee. Uh, big game for Blue, I said. Uh, I also feel like the... What did I write this? Oh, half the defense I was was ejected in the first half of the game. Then they called back that 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 flag, and there was no targeting. Uh, but if that targeting went through, I was going to be livid that we lose in single-digit guys left and right to, to targeting. Um, what else was my last note? The uh, the big 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 call for that comeback though from that unnecessary roughness targeting call, but good game overall uh, by by a game. It was a game manager. I know people don't like hearing that, but it was a game manager game for Russo and uh, a little, we got to see a little more Centeno, Centeno. I keep calling him Centeno, Cent- Todd Centeno. But um, moving on to the Tulane game. Big game. Big game. Rematch of the first ever Sugar Bowl in 1935. Pop Warner, head coach of the Temple Owls, the man won three national cha- won multiple national championships with three different teams. Pop Warner, head coach for the Temple Owls in in the uh, first ever Sugar Bowl, which was Temple versus Tulane in 1935. So they got special uniforms they're going to be wearing, which don't look that flashy, but they will. Both be wearing um, uniforms to commemorate that 1935 Sugar Bowl game. Saturday at noon, um, big game coming up. Now, big game. Let me hear your thoughts because now we're looking into the American Athletic standings. Temple is uh, still behind UCF, but for UCF to lose to Tulsa was big. Surprising too, and the and the fans, you fans in the uh, in the forum who are idiots who were saying, "Oh, this this is bad. I can't believe UCF lost to Tulsa. It makes us look even worse." And to me, it's my response, which I commented multiple times on these posters. And, and you should. Are you idiots? Do you not want to win the conference? You want to look. You want to look better in a loss than rather win the conference. That loss, we marked it. I said last week that Cincinnati, we need to beat South Florida to take the lead over them in the conference East standings. And I said we need Cincinnati and UCF both to lose two out of the next four games, I said, right? One of them only has three games left. And UCF lost their least like their most likely win, which was huge to to beat UCF is now four and two in the conference. We are three and two. They've one more game played than us. They only have two games left, I believe, and they're sitting seven and three. We're sitting six and three. So we need a huge, huge win for us. That that Tulsa beat UCF. Yeah, they got some help from Tulsa, and you know, with um, Cincinnati scheduled, you know, you have uh, I don't, I'm not sure their next game, but I'm pulling it up right now. You have Temple, and then their last game of the season's Memphis. So Cincinnati's schedule is um, difficult. And, you know, you just need one more They got up. South Florida this coming South weekend. Florida. Yep, they beat then, UConn 48-3, to which was expected. We expected a win from uh, Cincinnati and UCF, but UCF lose to Tulsa 34-31. Then they have a bye week, and then they have Tulane and USF. So we need UCF to lose one more of those games, and we need – 
the Bearcats to lose. We need to beat the Bearcats and the Bearcats to lose to Memphis or South Florida. And we are in the conference championship. If we do our job and win out, Temple Owls will be sitting there in the conference championship, which many thought unlikely probably two weeks ago. Yeah, I thought it was unlikely. I mean, you, you, you don't, you can't predict Tulsa. Um, it's a tough, you know. It's yeah, tough I mean, it's a. You it's, expect that. You know what they say? It's they say it any given Saturday. That's I believe that's the saying, right? Except, uh, you know, it's if you're Eastern, if you're Eastern, if you're Temple, you know, you have to have that mentality going into every game, and and you can't have any. Slip ups because you you control your path. And you're yes, three. after two losses, and many would have thought this season was over. But props to Rod Carey and his staff. Great job keeping the boys together. They turn the they turn it around. Big win and move it. Looking on at Tulane, I think uh, Temple. Every I said this in last episode, Temple can win every single game the rest of this season that they have on their schedule. I think they beat Tulane. I think it would be nice to see. If Russo can have more of that that pro style quarterback game as opposed to that game manager look he had this this past game, um, but I expect the defense to turn it up again. They're sorry, did I say they were at Tulane? They are hosting at home, not at Tulane. They need the crowd. Then the crowd needs to show up. They're at home at noon Eastern on Saturday. I think Temple wins this game again, um, like last week. I think it's going to be a double-digit win. Look for Blue, again, to have a big game. Hopefully we see Isaiah Wright step up, and now they free up Isaiah Wright by covering Blue a bit more and uh, and Gardner and taking off again. I expect the Owls to win by double digits. And Crowd needs to show up, though. Yes, yes. I don't I don't expect to be more than to more than 30,000, though. I think it's going to be a thin crowd. The start, the noon start too, but is tough. So, it is but tough, yeah. we'll see. Do you have? Do you do you think the Owls will win? Do you gonna predict anything or? You know, if you would ask me this question uh, four weeks ago, I would have said uh, be Tulane's kind of an upstart team, but they've they've fallen uh, off a bit. Fallen off a bit, and you know, Tulane is a um, a program that's you know it's they've never really found that uh, stability, and um, unfortunately, that for them. Their season's kind of slowed down a lot, and I think Temple's got a lot of momentum going their way. They're at home, and like we just talked about, they're playing for, you know, they're playing for something. So I think Temple handles business at home, and um, can't be scoreboard watching, obviously, but uh, it's that time of year. You're kind of, especially next week and the following week, but your your eyes are kind of looking up the scoreboard a little bit if you're playing for something, and you can't do that. You got to focus on the field. So um, Temple takes care of business, though. Good, good to hear. Moving on to SEMO talk. Big, big win. East Carolina. Eastern Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky. I don't know where East Carolina from. Eastern Kentucky win at home. Was it 38 to 31? Was that it? 38 to 31? 38 to 31. Yep. Yep. Big fourth quarter by SEMO. Going into the fourth quarter, not winning. Give me no, your thoughts I, after the after halftime. Give me your thoughts when they're 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 down. It was ten. It was, 
at, no, it was 31 to 14 at one point. Yeah, but at halftime, what's your thoughts going in in the locker room? At halftime, you know, you're down 10 and and uh, you, you you turn over the ball, I believe, was it four four times at that point and um, frustrating half. That's rough. Was that two two interceptions over there? Two interceptions and two fumbles, I believe. Ooh. Um you know, and those the turnovers, I think turnovers, uh, points off turnovers are twenty one for Eastern Kentucky. So they had they had three fumbles in the game. The yeah. the Red Hawks. The yes. Southeast Red Hawks, three fumbles, lost all three fumbles. All three of them. The one uh, That's tough. Five turnovers in the game. Zach Zach Smith had a it was a, a tough one. I mean, it was a sunny day, cold, windy day, but really sunny, kind of that November sun. And I think he lost it in the sun. But uh, looking looking up in the sky for a punt, it goes off his hands. Deja, oh no! Deja vu because he had a a, a fumble uh, last year. We lost Eastern Kentucky in Richmond last year, and, and it, it had a. Um, Remind him of that. Remind me of it, and it was just like, oh man. And then um, we were going for him fourth and one, I believe, and then we fumbled it. Sansa didn't get the snap correctly and fumbled it there. Um, just, just unfortunate errors. Sloppy Asia. first half, from what it Sloppy. sounds like. And then in the second half, our tell me your thoughts. Yeah, it's going into the, the third quarter, we get, fourth we quarter. We get the ball. We're pinned back on our two. Santa gets back, he gets stripped, sack, and they recover in the end zone. Um, and then by that point, it's 31-14, and you're like, you know, I, I, in my mind, I was like, we still, we gotta, we gotta get going, we can't, you know, no more stupid errors, and he's gotta, gotta, gotta get going. And, um, maybe on the road, you say this, this, I mean, we just got our butts kicked, but at home, you got an 11-game win streak, and a veteran team. I just didn't think they were going to lay down and just and just give in. I thought they were going to fight. Not not saying that they. I knew for sure they're going to win, but I knew they weren't going to give in. And uh, they chipped away. You know, they they really shut down the offense. They had no turnovers from their offense, and uh, they came out and looked like the number seventeen in the nation. FCS speaking, um, they just they look like a team that they've been. You know. Uh, it, like the SIU game, it, everything has opened up, and Eastern Kentucky did not have an answer for uh, Wilkerson. I mean, he ten receptions, two hundred fifty-four yards, um, just looking like a man among boys in that game. Um, you know, Sansa. I think um, once they opened things up for him in the second half, he kind of relished that, and he was putting the ball in different spots. And then uh, he threw for three hundred yards, three touchdowns, yeah. and two interceptions. So. Big game by Santa. Um, game. Custis uh, ran for eighty plus yards and two touchdowns. And tell me about the fourth quarter. What you're going quarter, down? You're down what thirty one to thirty one twenty one. Twenty one. And then we we drive down and, and Custis gets in the end zone on a on a heck of a play. He bounced to the outside and got to the pylon. And uh, and then maybe the the best unique moment of the game. There, there, was, there was a bunch in the fourth quarter, but it was thirty one twenty eight. It's a windy, windy day. Um, we get the ball. We were unable to con- convert on a third down, and a forty-yard field goal uh, from Tiller. He kicks it. The whole stadium basically freezes, 
And you know, especially at the stadium, you can never really tell if it goes in or not. Yes, very, very bad angles at that at Hawk Field out Hawk yes, Stadium. You, you never can really know. And then when the referees say it's good, the whole stadium just goes crazy. Thirty-one to thirty-one, um, just the place going nuts, and you just could feel it. But it's still tied. It's still a tied game, and then Eastern Kentucky starts running the ball effectively. And you thought that they were going to go and kind of run the clock down and kick a game-winning field goal. Well. They, they get down to third down. They can't convert. So it's fourth and one. They decide to go for it. And that's Where are they at on the field, you said? Or, uh, the 40-35 of the Red Hawks. Gotcha. Must stop because they're going to drain the clock. And uh, fourth and one. And then the defensive line just absolutely ambushes them. We get the stop. We get the ball. And we drive down. And Custis puts it in the end zone on a, on a great little draw play. And it's 38 to 21, and we just need one stop. And it seems like this year, it's always it's come down to that in the OVC, just that one stop. Can you get it? And five times we've gotten it, and the one time in Austin weren't it, we weren't able to get that. But um, we got the stop, interception, walk off interception, um, and the place goes nuts. And um, hey, we're still we're still there. I mean, we're still competing for a uh, OVC title. We'll need a little bit of help, but. The schedule's there for us to get an at-large bid in the playoffs. It is. Big favor. So, great win by EKU. Thank you for the recap. Great recap. It sounds like it was exhilarating fourth quarter and a great, big, big comeback. Big comeback. Right now, the Red Hawks are on a four-game win streak, and they're coming up with EIU, Eastern Illinois, uh, at 12 p.m. on Saturday, Eastern, 1 p.m. Central. They're at EIU. Are you going to the game, Tony? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's really 50-50. 50-50. Uh, making, All right. Making that commute. Um, you know, there's so much college football going on. It's a noon start, too, which is unique. In fact, it, it makes it more likely to go there because it's an earlier start rather than a late afternoon or what have you. But, um, yeah, it's a, I mean, that's a. if it was a little later, I feel like it'd be easier for you. Yeah, but um, we'll see. You know, it's... Um, Last time I went this time of year, we lost to Murray State at Murray. So I don't know if I don't want to be. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm it's a, I'm just a little you, say, you don't want it. EIU is is sitting at at one and five, one and nine in the one and five in the conference, one and nine overall, second to last place in the conference. You don't want it to be one of those Murray State games from last year. Don't no. sleep on EIU. That's my no. biggest advice to the Red Hawks. Right now we're sitting tied for first. In the OVC, five and one in the conference, seven and three overall. They climb back up. They're right there. They they lose the tie break to Austin P. They don't have the tie break. But uh, if you win out, I I believe you can control your own destiny as long as you get a little yeah. bit of help from Austin P. E, uh, EIU though, you can't sleep on them. You got to go there and take care of business. Um, and you're playing the two out of the la- two of the bottom three in the the end of the the bottom of the conference for the next two games. So, um, what's your thoughts moving forward with this EIU game coming up? Just like I mentioned, Quick. Temple, you, you can't you can't scoreboard watch like you said. Take care of business against EIU. No reason why you can't um, force your will up there, but you got to go up there with the mentality that they're one and zero. They just won their first game. They feel one and zero, and. Um, I mean, they're hungry, and they want to win, and we're playing for, you know, everyone wants to win the OVC, but at the same time, 
you know, if you win these next two games, you're going to get a really good spot in the playoffs. I mean, you're going to be uh, you're, you're going to be probably 15th in this next bowl or 16th. Yep. With, with two weeks to come, I mean, there's a chance you could be top 12 with some help. So, yep. uh, um, you know, if Austin P were to fall to somebody, they play Murray and Eastern. They play, yep. They play the exact same matchup as us for the last two games, just swapped out. We really needed UT Martin to beat Austin P this weekend, but Austin P took care of their own business, and uh, we would have liked UT Martin to win because then we would have the tie break and be in first place. But yes. funny, funny story, really quick. Um, so we obviously you just mentioned that Eastern Kentucky lost to Austin P um, last week, and um, I was you know I like to sit right in the fifty with the opposing fan base. Yep. And, uh, and when they were up, I was giving constant constant reminders that, uh, you know, comments like, man, why couldn't they play like this against Austin P? why they have to choke <laughs> against Austin P? Man, it would have been nice if they would have played like this against Austin P. but they lost. And I got under a uh, woman's skin pretty good. And uh, apparently, according to some of the uh, people I was sitting with, the woman said, uh, and I quote, this boy better watch his mouth. Ooh. Tell yeah. me what happened fourth quarter when you guys uh, tie it up and then take the lead. What would you well, say to her then? Because I was sitting with Brittany and she was, uh, she was a bit concerned just for the general mood. Your of the general state. safety. So, yeah. She, so I, 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 I could see that. Brittany getting a little uneasy in that. Yeah, she was very uneasy. But I, I was kind of enjoying it. But I also don't want to ruin the viewership for anybody around me. I'm just having fun. Just like they're screaming stuff. Um. But I didn't say anything else about Austin P. Um, but when we did get that last interception, you had you know, the last laugh. We had the last laugh, and, and we ran. You know, we were excited, and you know, it was a heck of a game. And um, you know, Eastern Kentucky had a great game, but uh, you know, I, I can say this on the podcast pretty safely: they choked just like they did against Austin P. So. Sounds about right. Um, yeah. So, give me your prediction for this game. I'm going to predict quickly. Uh, EIU will take the loss, and Red Hawks will go in, take care of business, and then come back home to host Murray the following weekend. But give me your quick uh, quick prediction. Go for it. Quick prediction. I think we roll kind of like we did at Tennessee State. Uh, I'm going to say 35 to 10. Simo. Uh, 35 to 10. Good. I like that. I like that score prediction. Um, that's how I... That's probably your most accurate score prediction I feel like it'll be, but at the end of the season when we look back on that. Um, but good win for the Owl, uh, the Owls and the Red Hawks this week, and hopefully we can keep the both teams rolling. Big games coming up this weekend, and keep an eye out for Tuesday, and uh, look out for the, the rankings. Yes. We're not going to come out with a show, but watch them. It'll be a good, a very interesting to see where Minnesota lands, Baylor lands, and, and, and others. So... Um, yeah, before we end the show, though, because you can move this around however you want the episode, what about the Dairy Queen story? All right, Dairy Queen story. Um, well, before I go to the Dairy Queen story, um, uh, when when you're done here, you have a great, great game to go watch. Right now it's tied 14-14 Sunday Night Football. Perfect, perfect. Uh, Stefan Diggs just made a catch that was on the ground, started yelling at the ref. You watch it, you watch it. It went back, reversed the call. Right now, Vikings, two seconds left on the clock. They're about to go try and kick the field goal to go up right now. 26-yard field goal. So I told Brittany, there you go, and Vikings are up into half. Brittany, I said, Brittany, uh, she texted me, yo, I want to have dinner with Tony. 
finish this shindig up. I said, almost done. Let him watch football when he comes down, please. It's a close game, so I'm trying to get you to be able to watch some football. She said... I, I, um, I appreciate that. I don't know if I'm watching that. She's big into the holiday. Well, here, get, here we go. This is what she said. I'm in the middle of a holiday baking championship yeah, she, episode. She's she's and obsessed. she said, it's a close one as well. So, yeah. I don't know yeah. if it's going to be closer, the baking championship or the Sunday night football game. So, uh... We'll be. She she asked if you we were talking about her grading papers at the basketball game today. No, that did not come up. But she, uh, you know, she said she's very behind. Demo shot a buzzer beater and she's busy grading papers. She didn't. No flinch. way. There was a buzzer beater today. No. To her credit, she didn't flinch. She was typing away. No she way, buzzer beater. There wasn't a buzzer beater. It was like twenty three seconds left, but okay. it was to take the lead, and she didn't move. Fingers kept going. If you if you up. had to put a number on the crowd. At the basketball game today, what would you say? Oh, man. Um, 1,500? You're joking. Nah, maybe 1,000. 1,000? It, it, it was Blues Day. They were giving away blue scarves. Okay. So the crowd it looked blue. very sparse from your Snapchats. And uh, it looked a little more packed at the football game. But thanks for listening, guys. That's it. Go Owls, go Redhawks. Go Redhawks, go Owls. Peace. to the deep oh the voice crack little bonus uh here for you guys at the uh, end of this episode uh it's probably going to recap it off at an hour this episode but uh remember we talked we had our we had our exchange about dairy queen my first ever blizzards that i've had and and how i didn't really understand the you get you get the free one if they don't turn it over and um i we had our like seinfeld um pretty much a experience together going through the going through the uh the drive-through so i explained that to i was out this weekend and um one of the people i was with we were with her brother and her brother uh owns two dairy queens in the columbus area he's like 37 and he owns two dairy queens already <clears throat> he's like a he's like a patel in training it seems like yeah, um, good. yeah so I asked him and I said, "Hey, do, do, does your does your brother do the free Dairy Queen?" She's like, "The free blizzards." They're like, "No, it's only participating only." So I I, I told him our experience. Um, I asked, "Hey, do you give away the free blizzard if they don't flip it over?" And he said, "Hell no, hell no." He's he's like, I "Never would do that." And uh, I told him the, the story how I went up and I said, "Hey." Uh, Last time, I didn't think they would flip it the, the, when you and I were going, and because it was looked like it was melted and soupy, they went for it and it didn't spill. And then I brought up the, hey, do you, 
if you don't flip it, you get a free one. They're like, yeah. And I was like, well, I didn't flip. They didn't flip it for me two weeks ago, and they gave me a free coupon. Told this man this, and he lost his mind. He said he would have he would have laughed in my face and told me to get out of here. But it was very ironic be, being out with a guy who owns two Dairy Queens and uh, to laugh about the blizzard flipping situation. He would he said he would never do it, and he would have laughed in my face if I ever brought something up like that. So yeah, it was a. Uh, well, there's a difference. I believe that night there were just, uh, I believe the girls, probably teenagers, yes. maybe in their twenties. Not a not a thirty seven year old. Um, I don't know. I, their their value of money is probably a little yes, bit. Yes, yes. They're very different. Uh, we're we're a uh, a food chain mogul in training is not going to easily give away free food like no, that. No, but, no, no, no. 